Hey guys, for those of you that haven't joined us before, I'm John Harris. I'm a professional drummer and educator and best friends with me, Ben Jones. I am a professional bassist and educator. And over the last 15 years, we've been working, laughing and living together, navigating the ups and downs of teaching in higher education and having a jolly old time in the UK music industry. This podcast is our way to open the doors of our friendship and professional lives to discuss all things music and life. Welcome to our podcast, Beats and Best Friends. Welcome back to Beats and Best Friends. Your tummy just rubbed again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just stood there and said, what? Let's go again. Let's go again. That was amazing. Sorry about that. I kind of want to keep that in. I please, should. please do. Hilarious. What has your day been like so far? I've been teaching today and nice. the sun's out, so I'm very, very happy. Yes. Finally, the sun's out, finally. Finally, yeah. Oh my God, like spring. Spring has sprung, it is here. You'll notice that I do lots of voices on this podcast and that's just one of many, so enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, I was walking home the other day uh, and it was like six o'clock and then it was still light. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I love it that your, st- your stomach I know, is my still stomach going. Keeps going. We're going to keep this in because it's hilarious. I don't know, it never happens before and today it's just making all sorts of noises. But yes, no, spring is, is one of my favourite months of the year. And we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? We were saying that little bit, of, what's that seasonal disorder thing? Seasonal affective disorder. disorder. Yeah, that's right. And with that, you have given the game away. We yes. are not alone. Oh, we have some special no. guests. <laughs> you gave it away. No, that's oh, great. Really? That's perfect. So, John, why don't you tell everyone who those dulcet tones were? Shall I, shall I do drums and you do bass? That sounds appropriate. That sounds appropriate, right. So (laughs) we have the amazing Beth Brackenbury, who is one of my first year drummers. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. (laughs) And I am joined, well, we are joined on my right by the wonderful Tay Grace. Hello. Hello. Now, Tay is... Tay, you're so cute. I love you. <laughs> hello. hello. I'm very awkward with hello. <laughs> so, Tay is a third year, and that's kind of one of the things we're going to get into today, is that, you know, Beth, you're at the start of your yeah. journey, and Tay, you're almost at the end of your academic journey. Obviously not your musical journey, that's just begun. Um, but yeah, so third year bass player, so welcome, and we're so happy to have you here. So Happy to be here. Just to break the ice, okay, I'm going to ask you both some questions that you know nothing about. Dun, dun, dun. We'll start with you, Beth. All right. So, you're on a desert island. Yeah. Okay, you're trapped in this desert island. You can bring three songs or records. Oh, okay. Three songs and three songs only. What are those songs? Wait, so a singular song, not a record. Single, singular song. Singular song. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, Holocene by Bon Iver. Oh, good choice. Um, nice. Maybe. Oh. Okay, Shuffle by Bombay Bicycle Club, because it's like proper feel good. Nice. And then it's like complete opposite, but Nero Forte by Slipknot. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> three. Okay, that's, that's at the awesome. moment, I feel like it would change all the time. Yeah, but, but that. Like, right now, if I was to be stuck, that's what you go would, with. That would be what I'd okay. go with. This is a hard question. <laughs> it is. We were going to do one song, so you're lucky we gave you three. Yeah, I feel lucky for that. I mean, <laughs> at the moment, it w- one would definitely be a Scenario by um, A Tribe Called Quest. Uh, nice. I just feel like the, like all the raps, but especially like uh, Buster Rhymes on it, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just so good. Uh, the second song, I think, would be... 
be by common i think it's just like the perfect like intro to an album and like the double bass that starts on it it's just absolutely beautiful and um if i were to pick a third it would be um it's so weird but the world is mine by hatsune miku um it's like this <laughs> vocaloid nice. uh oh. from japan but it's so good and i just love it so much it's like i never thought you could make a song with like a robot i guess uh but yeah i think those would be my three wicked that, and good also answers. amazing rationale mm. as well like yeah. that's wicked okay my question now when someone says to you you're a drummer you're a bassist what does that mean to you beth what does it mean to you to be a drummer means that I'm cool as fuck. No. <laughs> I'm <True>. joking. <laughs> Correct answer. Correct answer. Correct answer. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. Um, I think for me, um, it means being like a, not a pro at the instrument because I'm not a pro. I don't think anyone ever is. But like um, just being like one with, with the drums and sort of it's uh, your career. Like you're not... I don't know, it's kind of, I feel like there's a difference between um, drumming yeah. and having it as a hobby and then actually being a drummer. Um, and I guess like for me, being a drummer is having that being like one of the main focuses of my life and like the thing that I love, probably. It's a bit of a hard one though. I don't no, know. it is. Like That's these are, yeah. Ask it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are not like, well, first of all, there's no right or wrong answer mm. to this. That's the great thing about these questions. It's just interesting to hear what you think. Yeah. So well, I think like I was like I can't remember who it was that I was talking to about but like we were saying how if I was to not if I was to do drums and then not become a drummer I would be like so crushed by that would you really so, yeah That's I, really, I really hate the thought of um not not drumming as my life like that I like that. I can't but yeah you, but you see it as like you see it as not drumming in a career rather than because you if you were still drumming but it wasn't a career that's not an option for you so you no. want it to be like your life yeah your i want job. it to be my life as well yeah yeah the tummy, <laughs> man. So we're joined by the fifth guest today which is my <laughs> internal gastric juices that's so interesting beth and we i think we should explore some of that later on that's really interesting so tay what about you what does it mean to you to be a bassist um so the way i describe it it's like the way I, I guess for me when I'm with my bass it's me talking through music um I'm talking through my instrument it's it's always been like a huge huge passion of mine I think when I got my very first bass I was like hell yeah I was born to do this kind of thing nice. and so I think if I wasn't playing bass now I I think I wouldn't be like as enthusiastic or passionate about something so much I love yeah. music but bass itself it's just it's it's who i am yeah yeah no same for me with the drums. yeah like that's the only thing that's ever stuck and that i've ever oh, same. locked him with that is same. so funny what did that i you say on the that? first yeah. episode word for oh, really? word really? john word. said that yeah it's the only thing that ever stuck that yeah. is spooky man it's because like you know i said to you this morning so, uh, mm. me and beth have had a class this morning mm. and i was in a for some reason Last night, I was just in a bit of a bad mood. So I came Same. in early this morning and I played drums for half an hour. I had a great day today. Yeah, literally, as soon as you have a good practice session, you come out and it's just like, it doesn't matter what is going on. You just feel, you get adrenaline, I think, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I think there's just something about that instrument that I just, yeah. I 
like it's very physical as well. It is. Yeah. I just I don't know, something about it. That's I can't believe you both said the same. That's no, that's pretty, really word spooky. for word. Really? Word for word. And when you said it, it, I kind of took a double toe. I was like, I swear that's what you said. <gasps> that's so funny. That is very cool. Okay, so you're at the start of your studies, yes. and Tay, you're at the end of your studies. Oh gosh. But what I think would be really interesting for listeners and for us to know is kind of like where it all started for you both in terms mm-hmm. of music. So Tay, let's start with you. You obviously said just now I picked up the bass and basically spoke to me and called me yeah when was that and what's the kind of like the very abridged version of you to now where you are i'm gonna take you back to like before bass so um my family is always like really musical um my dad he was like a a producer what's it called sound engineer and um played synths a bit of guitar keys and so, and my mom always like played such great music in the house. My dad would work with reggae artists. So I grew up with music. And then at like age eight, I learned the violin up to when I was age 11. And then I started piano at 13. And I realized as I got older, I was like, I don't really, I, I love these, but I don't really have a big passion for them. So um, fast forward, I was doing music GCSE and we have to pick an instrument. And I said to my dad, they put me for singing. I can't sing. What's wrong with them? So, <laughs> and he was like, I know. And, uh, <laughs> but um, no, he, he was like, oh, you, you should go for bass. Like um, the world needs more female bass players. And I think you might yeah. like it. Agreed. So I think after my first lesson at the time, I was like 14 and really into Green Day. So I said, Same. Now you're talking my language. Come on. So I was like to my bass teacher, please can we learn basket case? Yeah. And I think I learned like a hammer on the first lesson. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> I went home. I didn't have a bass, so I took my dad's acoustic guitar and just started like uh just playing it like a bass. And I think you could see how much I, I loved it. So when it came to my 15th birthday, like a month later, I got a guitar pick and it said to Taylor from the cat. We had a cat. And I thought, that's so cool. I got a guitar pick, which I can use for the bass at school. Then I saw another present, which was a book on how to play bass. And I was like, oh, I can take this to school. This is so sick. And then they bring out this really cool bass by give for music. And I was like, oh my days, I have a bass. This is so sick. So um, that was like, uh, I guess that's when it just started. And I I think I practiced more bass than studied for my GCSEs, Mm. um, which was, (laughs) it was was worth it. Like, I think my dad was like, as long as you get like a C, which is, or or a four in maths, so you don't repeat it, that's fine. Because I know you want to do music. GCSEs, I got A's and B's, but I got a C in maths. I didn't care about the A's and B's. I was running around. I was like, I don't have to repeat maths. I can focus on music. So, yeah, it's like, I think since then, it's been like a huge, huge passion of mine. And I just didn't want to stop. That's awesome. And when did you like, so that was, was that 15 you said around that sort of time? Yeah, yeah. Just, I think I, I started learning bass just like a month before I turned 15. Amazing. And so how old are you now? Uh, 21. 21. Okay, so... What's the journey in those six years look like? What's been like key moments for you? It's been like, if you could tell like a 16 year old me that I would have been like playing for multiple artists, playing on TV, playing at Abbey Road, I would not have believed you. <laughs> it, I still don't believe it now. Yeah. And it's it's been an incredible journey. It's been tough as well. Cause it's like, 
a lot of like the really like my dad was at my very first gig when i was 18 or no 17 and i think if he i, I would love for him to see me like now doing what i'm doing like i i'm composing my own music with my own band uh before i just wanted to be a session player and then at when i joined icmp uh i realized i want to also be a composer i started composing my own stuff putting together my own band but also getting really serious with the session work stuff like starting to learn synth bass as well and i got to play on tv in wales uh just before christmas and play in abbey road uh during the summer and that was like an incredible experience and playing the freshers showcase so like um that was amazing oh thank you yeah, so you, much you, I saw you, you were amazing thank you the yeah, whole time it. i was shaking i was like so many yeah, people oh thank you so, so much good. i think it's just like I feel like I, I I was so close to giving up at 16. I honestly was very close yeah. to giving up. But now I'm just like, I'm so happy. And in a way, I feel proud of myself. And I feel like I'm making my family proud. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it's been an interesting, amazing, yet like up and down, which we need um, kind of journey. Mm. But I, I, I just love what I do. And I feel so grateful to be able to do it. That's amazing. Thank you for that. That's really lovely. You need to come on more often, you? Taylor. That was beautifully yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're a natural. It's just wonderful. I'm like, how do I follow that? Oh, no. <laughs> With your you. story. It yeah. doesn't have to be, yeah. Um, start from the beginning. Okay. Uh, in a nutshell. So I actually started with, I, I started with um, like musical theatre and stuff, which is so weird because that's like the last thing that I would do now. I would rather like, chew gum off the floor then go on stage <laughs> <laughs> honestly oh, I love that. Um, but um i so i was doing that when i was like maybe six i think up until about oh wow yeah uh till about 12 or 13 and then i started playing guitar um acoustic because i've been raised on um like rock music my dad's like really into rock and metal um, and hip-hop and funk so i'd always loved music um but yeah i started playing guitar um and i i loved it and i was doing loads of like looping and um stuff like that and then i don't really know i think so when i was about i mean i'd always like struggled with my mental health um and i think when i was about 15 16 it got really really bad um so i kind of stopped playing guitar and i was like in a really difficult place and then I remember at the time my brother was doing drums and he had like a really shit electric kit. <laughs> and I just remember this one day I just put on some songs. I was literally just playing like a 4-4 four, four beat. Um, and so that kind of like sparked a bit of interest. Mm. But then it kind of went away again because I was just not very well. Um, and then I remember at one of the worst points um, being like, I just want to do something different. And there was a therapist that suggested drumming is supposed to be really good for your mental health. Yeah. And my brother wasn't really using the kit, so I started using it um, and it kind of went from there. And like, it basically saved my life, I would say. Wow. And um, yeah, so then I started just, I remember in like the first lockdown, I think, um, I was like, I'm gonna absolutely just like dedicate everything to this because I'd basically dropped out of school. Yeah. Um, like I'd done my GCSEs and then I was just like, I can't go into school. Like I can't, um, I wasn't well enough to go and do A-levels or anything. Mm. Um, so I had no work to do. Like I wasn't, I wasn't in a job or anything. So I, I signed up to Drumeo. 
Did you? Ah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's what I did in the first lockdown. And I was going for like five or six hours a day. Oh, wow. But like, it wasn't like um, in an unhealthy way. It was just like, I was really just obsessed with it. Like time would go so quickly. Yeah. Uh, my family probably hated me because <laughs> it was just so loud. Um, but yeah, then um, it kind of went from there. Uh, went to college and did like a diploma in music or whatever, like instead of doing A-levels. Yeah. Um, and so I've only been drumming for nearly four years, I'd say. Wow. You are joking. That's incredible. No, yeah, but, um, but I feel like, you know, it's if I'd started when I was like 10, I wouldn't have put the work in. That's so, and I, I guess it probably came a bit quicker as well because of like playing guitar and things like that. But yeah. it's like, I haven't, I haven't had a moment where I've ever thought I don't want to do this. Um, even though if it frustrates me a lot oh, of the yeah. time, <laughs> but there's never been, yeah, sure. it is. There's never yeah, been a moment sure. and there's just been like, I don't know, there just came this point where I remember there was like a bit of a turning point where I was like, hold on, this isn't just playing beats. Like this is like, there's so much more to this. Yeah. Um, and when I started like actually studying other drummers and like realizing that you have a voice on the kit, yeah. that was like, that just like unlocked so much. Um, same with like rudiments as well. Like I, you know, when I did piano, I did piano when I was like 11 yeah. and it was all scales and stuff. And you never, you'd never be told how you Me can too. use it. For real. This yeah. Is <laughs> this is weird. This is really spooky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't really know. I think, I don't know, I guess because a lot of the drums has been self-taught um that's almost been quite good because mm. I kind of um I got to choose what I wanted to do I wasn't like forced to go down a certain direction but um like learning rudiments and stuff and suddenly realizing oh I can apply this in like this way um yeah there's just been little moments like that that have really just like made things click that's awesome um, yeah no I love it okay so here's a question mm. Beth you're in the first year yeah Tay you're in third year yep Beth let's go with you first this time yeah. What are your goals for the rest of your time at ICMP and then for the future? Mm -hmm. And then Tay, what are your goals now that you're leaving ICMP going into the industry? Cool. Okay. Um, I would just love to learn as much as I can and like use all the resources that I've got. Um, and just, I already feel so different compared to when I first came here and it's not even been that long. Yeah. Um, so I think just keep keep developing that, keep um, like growing into my own playing um, and like learning stuff from you and the other drummers. Um, keep making connections. I really want to do more gigs and like work with more people um, and just keep developing. Like, yeah, I just I do feel very different um, mm. compared to my first. I feel like a lot more. Um, I feel less scared of the drum kit. Do you That's know, good. does that make so sense? I don't know if that, so good to yeah. Um, it's quite an intimidating instrument, I think, sometimes. Yeah, it's I nice didn't, feel comfortable. yeah, I didn't acknowledge that it was an intimidating in instrument until, like, first coming here, and I was like, hold on a minute. Like, I'm actually a bit, like, yeah. uncomfortable right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think coming out of ICMP, I mean, the goal would be to be, like, a touring musician. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to work in, like, the hip-hop genre, um, like, pop, rock music, touring for like different artists, mm. um, some band stuff as well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just really excited and That's great. And SBDSX stuff. Nice. Yeah, we heard about oh. your your like <laughs> moment when you were like, what is yeah. this? I brought it on <laughs> tour with me and like they were so they were so gassed about it. They were so happy with it. 
Um, so cool. So for those non-musicians out there, I'm an SPDSX, yeah, is a Roland sampling pad. So basically a lot of drummers use it, not just drummers, but a lot of drummers use it. And it's a product by Roland and you can essentially sample sounds off it by hitting mm. the different pads. It's a very yeah. cool piece of kit. Yeah. Good example is Kendrick Lamar. His yes. drummer Yeah. hundred percent. And good. like... Beth, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later, mm. but like, there's no reason why you can't do any of that stuff. And also we'll talk about, we wanted to ask you both about kind of female representation yes. in the industry, because I was saying to you today, there's, I, I know a couple of female drummers, but, you know, considering, you know, there's a lot of drummers out there, I don't know a lot. And it's, yeah. it's, it does worry me sometimes. Yeah. And I think like there's, we'll, we'll work on yeah. getting you out there and, yeah, you know. No, I'd love that. 100%. Cool. Nice. Nice. Um, so I'm going to get like quite heartfelt because just thinking about this. Um, so in first year, I only just wanted to do session playing. Um, that's that was like the only thing I because I also wanted to um, create my own songs because during lockdown, I was trying to create my own songs, but I thought I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> honestly like the songs I made, like they were really bad. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, I'm listening back. I, I listen back to them because they, they're private on SoundCloud. I'm just like, what on earth is this? <laughs> that was like even guitar looping. I come back to it and I'm like, this makes no sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I think, and even when we had like the production lessons in first year, I thought, oh, these, these are okay, but they're not good enough. I don't know if I should go with it. But, um, the thing that honestly like made me think about the goals that I have now, honestly, is my dad. I realized life is too short. And um, I think when he passed, there was like so many music equipment. Um, my mom's like, what should we do with this? I was like, I want to learn how to use them. So I started like using like the analog synths and stuff and um, all his equipment. And then I was like, I want to learn about producing a bit more. So I signed up to master classes and um watching youtube videos and then just doing like trial and error stuff and then i started to have composition classes in second year and i thought i really enjoy this i want to keep learning a bit more of it and um i think one of the tutors here uh lisa canny she really really inspired me um to go forward with my music because we had a brief in second year where we had to like choose either the uh I think the function band brief mm -hmm. or the artist route. I was going to choose the function band brief, but she was like, no, I <laughs> think you should go for the artist route because I think you like can do this. And so I like got a few musicians to play with me, um, Simba and Fabrizio, and I showed them my songs and I was like, guys, I know it's not that good. And they're like, first of all, shut up. It <laughs> is good. <laughs> and um, second of all, we enjoy playing these. Like you should really like think about like going forward more with these. And then I think, um, you know, the auditions for Freshers started and uh, that's when I put together a band and we auditioned. And then I realized I love this. So like, um, I know I'm a bit on a tangent, sorry. Uh, but basically now my goal has changed from just being a session player to even though that is my main thing, I want to also compose my own music. So I'm putting out an EP, which is coming out in April and um, a, mu a few music videos to go with it. And um, do, you have a, do you have a name for this? Can you, can you plug it? For this EP? Mm -hmm. um, it will be called Thank You, Amma. Um, so AMA stands for Andrew Mark Anthony Harvey, which is the name of my dad. And it's just like a big thank you to him 
because I think um, my whole family overall motivate me so much, but I think um, his legacy will always remain with me. And if it wasn't for him telling me to start the base, I don't know what I'd be doing now. Mm. So um, thank you. Uh, but it's like contemporary jazz um, kind of stuff, um, kind of similar to artists like Kiefer, cartoons as well, um, and Yusuf Days in a bit as well. Nice. Uh, I like to write yeah. complex parts <laughs> for my drummer <laughs> a lot. Yeah, one of the songs he was like, what on earth? And then, <laughs> but then he just like, he's got a solo on it and he just loves it now. But yeah, I want to be a composer. I also want to be a producer. So I'm uh, currently working on a sample pack as well. And that's been like put on hold a bit, but we've already like recorded cello, a bit of bass for it as well. Wow. Um, my so mate cool. Adam, who I'm working on it with, uh, has done a bit of like drum ideas for when we get our drummer in. And um, it's been really, really great. And I also want to be an MD. Um, I'm the musical director of my band, but also for the house band at ICMP for the open days. And it's been such an incredible experience. Um, I've, I've loved every second of it so far and it's been really fun. And also the MDs that I've got to work with um, for certain sessions, um, I just learned a lot from them and would ask them certain questions. And they would kind of like, just give me a bit more of an insight on what it's like. Mm. So it's kind of like four main things that I want to go into and just to show the multiple things that I can do as like in the music industry. I think lockdown taught me like if we're not doing like gigs and stuff, there's other things we can do like remote recording sessions yeah. and smart. things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think just there's, there's so much, like many things I really want to do uh, when I leave and I just feel I'm terrified to leave, but I'm also like excited mm. at the same time. How are you only 21? I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, this is, you this know is what? I'm more stuck when, than me. I'm sat there, I'm like, oh my gosh. When I turned, uh, I think in, in first year, it was my 19th birthday, and we were in John's class and everyone sang happy birthday and John said, oh, so how old are you? And I was like, 19. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're so young. And I was like, yeah. Well, I remember when you first started coming to the open days before you were at ICMP. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. You were like, you were like five years old. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, like, this like, is insane. And then you came back and then obviously, you yeah. know, it'd been quite a few, because you weren't old enough to come to ICMP at that point, right? Yeah, because- That was crazy. Uh, oh. One of the uh, staff members at my high school where like, I was in a therapy session and she was like, there's this music school you might like called ICMP. So I went home and I was like, dad, we need to go to this open day right now. And he, <laughs> and he was like, well, we can't go right now because it's like six o'clock in the evening, but um, we can book it and see what it's like. As soon as I walked in, I was like, this is so cool. I got to talk to some of like the, uh, pre like, uh, alumni like Jordan Christo and um, yeah and like uh, it, it was really cool talking to them and I got to go to see the performance that you guys did um, I accidentally bumped into you on stage and I was like I'm so sorry and you're like it's alright um, but when we were doing treasure do you remember when we used to get them up and they would come and play treasure yeah, yeah. Of, just pull them yes. up out of the crowd we also this, played, was, this was years ago also played to get I people out of the crowd and just like keep something going and then get them up and then they just come wow. on yeah, yeah. yeah it was so fun we played I, remember I can't feel my face as well oh yeah yeah, yeah we did yeah. that as well and, and you were just like teaching it to me i was shaking the whole time because i was like i don't want to mess up and it was <laughs> yeah. like the first time i played a five string and it was bigger than me it so was. i was just like Aww. oh my gosh it's so heavy <laughs> but i felt so cool playing it and then i think i realized like i want to go here so I went to Access Creative College in Shoreditch and I loved it so much. And then I applied to ICMP, but also Berkeley just to like yeah. give it a try because 
Chris in second year was like, why don't you apply for Berkeley too? Yeah. So I was like, 100%. sure. And then I got in, but it was like, they want so much money. Oh, it's like, next it's level. It's ridiculous. It's and next level. Um, so I was like, I want to go to ICMP because that's been my dream school since I was like 15. So when um, I got in, I was just like so excited. And I was, my mum was like, did you see the really nice man that was there at the open day? I was like, Ben. She was like, yeah, him. And I was like, no, yeah. And then she was like, no, it was John. We went to the open day like three times. Like the first time was with my dad. Yeah, you kept Second time was with my oh, mum. And the third time so was with sweet. my mum and my dad. So um, they was just like, did you remember like any of the tutors there? And I was like, yeah, Ben's there. John's <sighs> there. Crazy. Like, I, I'm so excited. I, I cannot wait. Um, but yeah. I, what was the question? <laughs> I don't think there was no, one. I don't you, think you, there, you, there needs to be one. It was. It was. Uh, oh, I, it was I, what, I, oh, where do you want to be? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just gone back to the start. Oh, nice. It's, this is the benefit, right, of being tutors, because I think the way you both described that, you just zoom through moments that are literally defining moments in your growth yeah. and you're just so i just did this and then i did this big life-changing thing and then i moved <laughs> on to this and it's like so i just want to take a moment to just take a like a, a snapshot right of some achievements here because i'll start with Tay because it was the freshest story i remember that assessment where you bought your original material you put you play french toast didn't you yeah and french, something else french a lot of my songs were named after food yeah um, <laughs> what's the other one Cinnamon. Cinnamon, um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, there was also another one. I forgot the name. No, wait. Yeah, I forgot the name, but I remember it. Um, but like, uh, those were just like rough versions of songs that I did. Um, yeah. French Toast is already out, but Cinnamon, that's like going to be on the EP. Um, I'm changing the name though, because I, I don't know. It's a good name. French Toast stays in yeah, the we, I'm, I'm still figuring out if I want to record like a live band version because when we played uh, it live at Freshers, we all really, really liked it. Um, and like, yeah, a big shout out to um, David Russell because it would this song would not be possible without him because he came up with like the, the the saucy chords and it was just like a little session because over the summer in I think first year I was inviting a bunch of people to my house nearly every day to have sessions and um, to the point where my mom was like who are these people in my house <laughs> and um, I think when me and David had a session uh, we were working on one song and then we just went on to have a break and try to work on a different song and then that's when he played the chords to French Toast and then we just came up with like a little bass line and he came up with like drums I had percussion and we were just recording a bunch of stuff and yeah it was it was really fun but yeah that was like one of the main songs that I played uh, yeah. for that assessment well, I remember you coming in and you basically, we were doing the assessment and before you even played, you were like, right, I just need to, you just need to understand, like, th these are demos, right? This is, and I was just like, Tay, play the songs. I just want to hear the songs. And like, it was so good. And I remember writing the feedback thinking, okay, there's work to do here, but you can do this. Like, this is, this is achievable. Like, your goal of being an artist and doing the artist thing is achievable. And to see, to think that was... Well, nearly a year ago, because that was the second semester of year two. Yeah. So it's nearly a year ago. And think about what you've done in that time, considering that's the first original material you ever played live. 
And now look at what you've done in that time. It is nothing short of fantastic. You should be so, oh, thank you so much. proud of yourself. Like, you know, you wrap this, oh, I've just started this sample pack and I'm just MDing. And like, <laughs> you're just kind of like confettiing these incredible <laughs> things around. But like, and I think it's the thing of being in the program. You, you're just, you're on all the time. You're just, everything's happening, but you're not really ever noticing it. Because then you're on to the next thing and stuff. But we do, because, you know, we're not in that rat race of it. We're kind of watching it from above. And I think it's so important that you, at some point, whatever this looks like, take a moment and give yourself like the biggest congratulations because in a year you have totally transformed. Oh, thank you there so, is, no, so seriously, much. And I'm not just saying that because we're on the pod or stuff, but like genuinely. And there's a reason why we both wanted you on this podcast for this guest spot because like you both represent what what is needed in this industry, which is hard work, Passion, passion, hundred percent, and also just like absolute reflection as well. Just being like, yeah, and so this is how I feel about this, and that didn't go so well, but I'm gonna keep going with it. Like, it's honestly, it's so inspiring to listen to the next generation of players coming through and think this is in the safest of hands. Like, it really is. Like, this industry is in the safest of hands. And and Beth, for you, I want to go back to what you said, which was like, oh, you know, uh, I found the drums quite intimidating, and I remember yeah. in the first. Was it the second one? Whatever. It was first or second week of the Beamers. You came up to me and you said, oh. I shouldn't be here. No, it's literally said, the first I should be week on I was the in tears. Tears. Dude, you're yeah. so sick. Like, I see your Instagram. Instagram right? mad. So, so I remember we sat down and I was oh, like, you were really upset. I never cry. And yeah. I was like crying. John, yeah. I cried to you in first year. You did cry. Yeah. <laughs> I cried to you the other day. So we were all crying. Why are you crying in front of me? But no, like, I remember that conversation. I remember. Sorry, sorry, too drunk. You cried because you said you weren't good enough. You've both cried because yeah. you, you thought at nice. some point in time you're not good enough. Yeah. And you're, yeah. you said to me, I'm not, I don't think I'm good enough to be here at ICMP and I don't think I'm good enough to do music. Yeah. How wrong you both were. Yeah. <laughs> Hate to say it, but yeah, absolutely. And I still think it every day though. It's imposter syndrome. Like, it you're, is, you're, for real. Yeah. I think that most yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, there's people like in my ear that talk about you. Like, me? You're really good. Like when I mention your name, they're like, "Oh yeah, Beth's really good." And even my oh, mate, who's shit. on the business course in first year, I um, I think he like a friend of ours uh knows like the band that you're in, oh, and yeah, I was like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah Beth's on drums." He's like, "You know Beth too?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "That's so sick." I was like, "Yeah." Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I would you, never imagine that. That's I think people like, I know this is just me, but I had this thing where I'm like. Hello. I have this thing <laughs> where I'm like, everyone thinks that I'm shit. No, you yeah. are far from it, That's honestly. That's so crazy. You are the opposite of shit. You are. Thank you. If anything, when I see your Instagram, I think you're just like an inspiration to many people Thank that you. would just like want to learn like drums and like you're you're doing a really really great job especially like with yeah. um knock you with my good hand not the bad one <laughs> yeah, not the bad one yeah <laughs> i think with your band uh afraid of the dark yes yeah like yeah, you like dark. i've seen some videos and like you guys i want to come to your gig thank you we're so, doing one on the 7th i'll be there so i've got Beth, my ticket you've just been on tour right yes yeah that's uh for a different thing but Here yeah yeah i've been on tour with uh someone called paris paloma nice. um so it's 10 days of that very tiring, but it was great. See, so, the, yeah, this is, this, this is the thing, right? This is there's the common theme here. So yeah. I think the not just for you two, but I think for the the moral of the story here, especially for up and coming musicians, is is just to take a breath sometimes. And I think we're quite quick as musicians to be negative towards yeah, ourselves. I think that it's the perfectionist thing. It's a perfectionist yeah. thing. I think yeah. it's the imposter uh, imposter syndrome thing as well. And I think like 
just take a step back sometimes and just think about what you're doing, mm. what you've done, what you've achieved so far, right? And take little, like Ben said, little snapshots of like maybe the first point of the year where you started and you didn't think you were good enough. Yeah. And now you've just been on tour. Mm. Your performances in your LPW classes and your feedback are just through the roof. Thank yeah. you. And you've got people talking about you in other years <laughs> because... They like what you're doing, right? That's crazy. Hey, me, all the stuff you've been doing recently. I mean, the, like mm. the sprinkles of <laughs> yeah. things you've just been like <laughs> casually throwing out there. But I think it's a good lesson really to, you know, don't always be so hard on yourself. Mm. And I, you know, I, I know I say this all the time, but like you've got to try and enjoy the journey yeah. because yeah. otherwise you're constantly chasing something. Yeah. You know, I need to be this good. I need to do this. I need to do this. And you're constantly comparing yourself to other musicians and other people and then when you get to, let's say you get to 80 years old and you're like, you can no longer play the drums anymore. What's it all been about? What's yeah. it all been for? You know, you've yeah. got to enjoy that journey of this. There's no yeah, point, so right? It's yeah. like, there's a quote, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Like that's the, that's no, the game that we're in. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So like, yeah. if you think about marathon running, like if you just like go, oh, I didn't do the first mile very well. It's like, yeah, but mm. you've got another what, 25 or whatever it is. It's 26 miles. Yeah. I don't do sport. I do music. <laughs> yeah. But like you've got to, like it is a long journey. Like John says, like if you're in your eighties, like that is I mean, what, sixty years for both of you? Like and yeah. Yeah. you haven't even been alive for three of those mm. like yeah. <laughs> when you yeah, get into yeah, that yeah. space, you're like, okay, so think what you've done in four, five years, seven, eight years. Mm. We'll put another fifty on top of that. Like that's the that's the canvas you're working with. And it's like it's really interesting for us because First of all, John and I had exactly the same thing. And we, we were talking about this same in the mental that, health yeah. episode and stuff. And like, there's not a day goes by. No, sorry. There's not a week that goes by where I don't go, I just got to jack all this in. I'm not good enough yeah. to do this. Or I shouldn't be teaching. I shouldn't be leading. I shouldn't be playing. I shouldn't be doing this. But I've realized that that isn't ever going to go away. So the game is not to get rid of it because that's just naivety. I'm not going to get rid of that. That's something that, you know, is just going to be there. But I heard this really interesting thing about imposter syndrome on a podcast last week. And it was about, okay, well, imposter syndrome should be balanced out with uh, effort, right? So if you walk yeah. into a gig and you've done no prep and you haven't taken it seriously mm -hmm. and you get imposter syndrome, well, then that's kind of valid because yeah. you, you haven't done the work. So what you're feeling is the imposter because you haven't lived up you're to what you're- yeah. You are underprepared, yeah. right? If you've prepped and you're totally like, I couldn't do more, that is what switches off the imposter. Because yeah. it's like, well, look at the data. Like, mm. what have you done for this gig? Or like, what did you do for that lesson? What did you do for this assessment? What did you do for that recording? It's like, you did the work. So you can't, by definition, be an imposter. An imposter is someone who is trying to pretend to do something by not doing it. You've done it. So therefore you can't be an imposter. Mm. You see what I mean? Like, it's that yeah. weird thing, but... I think we all still go through this. And actually, I, I really believe this is because you care. That's why. And I if you stop yeah. feeling like yeah. it, I'd be a bit like, I'd be more concerned with that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If I stopped caring and thinking, oh, do you know what? I've never thought I'm actually good enough to do this anymore. I just think mm. I'm brilliant. It's like, am I missing something here? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, am I, have I got to go back to the, the drawing board or whatever? So I think it works in two ways that, but. Yeah. For us to watch your journey, it's just been incredible. I mean, obviously, like, Beth, your journey has been quite short so far with us. Yeah, but like, what yeah, we've seen has just been so inspiring. But, like, I think 
one of the greatest gifts about being in education is you just get to sit in the clouds and watch people mm. down there doing their stuff and just kind of be, you know, just there observing it. It's such a it's such a privilege to do that. And like to hear those stories and, you know, the things that music means to you and to hear that, that's why you're doing so well. It really is as simple as that. You care. You want it mm. and you're willing to do the work for it. I think like the thing with like the whole imposter syndrome I had this sort of vision in my head of I'm going to go to ICMP and when I come out I will be like a fully like I didn't think I'd be like a fully professional drummer but I was like yeah I'll be so much better than I am right now and I think I've had to kind of acknowledge like actually that's going to take you a whole life um to become the drummer that you hear in your head yeah that makes sense does that do you get what I mean Let's write that in a book. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was awesome. Quote um, of the day. Yeah, that's, that's the quote of the day, without a doubt. Yeah, but like I, I think um, for me, it's just I would like to get to a place where I can come out of ICMP and sort of feel um, more solid in my drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is that thing of you're, you're never going to, you're always going to be working towards something yeah. else, which sometimes is really annoying. Yeah. Like, I think really annoying. we've kind of, um, I think what we've noticed with, this podcast mm. and with our new company behind the beat we're just about to launch is that it's a never ending game yeah. right yeah. so it's like yeah. you you feel like you're you're getting there with your instrument and then something else gets put in the way and yep. it's basically it depends how much you want it and we've we've had some really frustrating days with this yeah things just really frustrating worked, mm. but then because you love it you always return to it mm, and totally. it's just like the instrument as well i sometimes sit down to practice and i walk away and i'm like that was the greatest practice session ever. Yep. Yep. And there's other days where I walk away and I'm like, I'm the worst drummer in the world. Yep. I never want to play that Same. instrument ever again. Yep. I hate myself. Yes. I think that no, that's like a genuine, I think it's like when you care so much. <laughs> I'm I didn't hear that. <laughs> I was like, maybe I keep talking. And then I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to say underneath so we can edit it in later. Um, but yeah, like it's, um, it's one of those things where, because you care so much, if I am having a bad drum day, I'm like, everything is bad. Yes, yeah, so I'm true. like, everything in my life right now is so bad. And obviously that's complete, like, bullshit, but... Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I think, it, I think there's a lot of truth in that because this is the thing about doing your job as your passion. Yeah. You, you don't switch off. So no. it's like, and I always use this example, but like, let's say I always use banking. It's just the most opposite thing to music for me. Like, let's say you work as a banker or a trader or whatever, right? Or so you go finance. to work or in finance Whoa. in any way, right? Nine to five. You, you finish at five o'clock and you get on your train and you go home. You walk into your house and you sit down and you start watching Netflix, whatever. You don't pick up your social media and go, I wonder what the finance world is doing yeah. on Instagram. Or is someone doing like sums really fast? Or like, <laughs> you don't do that because most people, a job is just a means to an end. It's just there for money, right? When you do something you love as your job, you never switch off because as soon as you stop working, so you come off the gig, you're evaluating the gig. If you're not doing the gig, you're thinking about the next gig. It's just, it never mm. ends because that's the thing with intertwining your passion and your your job is that it is the same thing so yeah. if you do have a bad day and you think what's oh, a shit day then i've had a shit session mm. you know shit um rehearsal it's a shit day and it's like no i get that yeah and i think it's hard to separate that sometimes you know yeah. I've, god in 15 years i can't separate that yeah. ever i've um <laughs> a few times now like i would actually recommend this like if anyone that is listening like it does get like this yeah, yeah. is there's been a few times where I've actually had a really good drum session and I've written down right now you're feeling like really great nice. this is why you love the instrument 
like that. And then yeah. I'll, so just so I know that like I do have good days. Data. Got to yeah. have the data. Yeah. yeah. So true. Otherwise, I don't believe because I find that really hard to sort of um, stop like negative talk in my yeah. head. Um, so I've started literally just in my notes on my phone being like, today was good. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good practice session. I love that. Mm. What does all right? Let's 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 uh, delve into this a little bit. Mm. What is a good practice session for oh, you? I love it. Ooh. What does that mean? Um, for me, it's when I come out feeling really energized and really good, uh, and like I've physically probably like worked my body a bit as well. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it will go really quickly. Um, normally I'll be learning something, and then I'll go and take it into what I am doing normally. Yep. So like I'm I was saying to John, like I really have gotten into Adam Deitch. Is it Adam Deitch? Adam Deitch? I don't know. Delitch D- yeah. Something. The, the drummer from Lettuce. Yeah. He's just an, oh, he's, okay. he's amazing. Yeah. That's what I needed to know. He's um, amazing. Yeah. He's but insane. I found um this drum cam thing that he did and it was just insane. And um I've started sort of taking bits from that and trying to learn them and dissect it. And then I would go and put it to a Kendrick Lamar song and work in like a feel that he's done and sort of make it into my own. And I remember doing that and I was like, that for me is a good practice session because I've learned something and then I'm able to adapt it. To, that to is literally, doing. for anyone who's out there yeah. listening, that is how you find your voice on the instrument. Yeah. yeah. You go in and you find something you like and then you splice it together with something else that you like. And then you think, well, if I didn't do that, what would I do? And then that little bit in between, that's you. That's where you find your voice. Like the fact that that is your practice right now because it's it's like it's also, not always wow. that good though. I no, would say. no, but no, it doesn't no. matter. That's the a fact good. That that's a good practice is like, session. It's so good because yeah. you're you're also you're taking uh, something that you like from another drummer, but then you're making, making your, your own. own, and yeah. that's you're not just yeah. copying someone verbatim. It's like mm. you're going in there, taking little pockets of it, and then basing it, basically making it Beth. Yeah, that's that's the difference. It's like you you still want to have your own voice behind totally. the instrument. Yeah, and that's the difference. That's linking back to the ICMP thing of where you want to be. I would love to have more of a sort of developed voice of my own when I come out from here. Well, we're gonna that's we're gonna hold on to that ourselves. Yeah. And every time the years progress and we go through, we're gonna bring that up and be like, right, yeah, here's okay. how we think we can work yeah. with you to bring that sound of your voice out. Yeah. What do you think then, Tay? What yeah. about the practice? What's a good practice session? Um, I mean, with my practice, I used to be very, I, I, would I use the word formal? Um, I mean- You wear a tie and stuff. I, <laughs> no, I would like make a whole list of what I would go over. I was the and, same. Yeah, really? I'd be like, today I did two hours. Yeah. And then those two hours don't mean shit because like you've not actually really learned anything and you probably hated the entire time. Yeah, I would get so, so specific. Like I'll be like, oh, like 10 minutes of scales, um, yeah. 15 yeah, minutes of like uh, a certain technique, like slapping. Yeah. And at first I, I thought, oh, this is a correct way to do it. Um, because I think I was like, I think when I was like 16, I was talking to someone who went to the Royal Academy of Music and he was like, yeah, practice like six hours a day. And Don't do practice it like six this. hours That's a day. This is an announcement. Do not <laughs> yeah. do that. It do is not, terrible. Because I did that during the summer holiday when I finished um, secondary and I was like, this is so dead. Like what is what on earth is this? I, I yeah. wasn't enjoying it. I think then once I was like in college, uh, more within my second year, I was like, and, and it's when I got into ICMP, I just kind of, I had certain songs that I would find really fun and enjoyable. Like I could just like 
I guess kind of like shred on as yep. like a little warm up. And then if I have to learn certain songs for a gig or for like an LPW class, I would kind of like break it up. Like I would write out a little structure for it, um, really listen to like certain variations within the bass lines. I would look at like live versions of it as well to look at how the bass player is doing and like kind of research um, the bass yeah. players, um, especially research my favorite bass players like Jacko, um, of course, um, Pino Palandino. Um, I would like research like videos of them playing and interviews with them and like Joe Dart and just like kind of help that with I guess as agreeing with you like finding my voice with my instrument um so yeah it wouldn't be like uh now it's not like a specific thing it kind of changes but I've learned to make it enjoyable rather than this is work this is more like this is my passion I'm I'm doing I'm thinking about why did I get into this in the first place and so um yeah, now it's kind of just like, yeah, I don't want it to be so structured mm. and nice. like. I think a bit of structure is good. Like, yeah, you know yeah. the four pillars of practice. Um, have you brought that up on the podcast? No. Okay, can uh, I explain yeah, what it do is? It. Bring it on, <laughs> mate. right? Let's, let's go. go. Let's do it. So four pillars of practice. I stole it from Mike and Eddie. Um, so technically, I stole it from John because he told me about Mike and Eddie. But nice, um, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> give me your credit. Um, 20%. <laughs> and um, it's like, so it's you split your practice into four parts. So you do like the warm up um, or rudiments or whatever. Then yeah. you have, um, you kind of choose like how much time you put on, I think. But you have that, then you have, um, wait, no, that's wrong. You start with like going ham. So like your thing yeah. of like shredding, <laughs> yeah, just, like just get anything out yeah. that you need to get out. Yeah. Then you do your uh, warm ups. Um, then it's like you choose your main focus. So it might be learning a song. It might be like the other day when I was doing the Adam Deitch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end you have like a bit of time just to have fun. So that's when I'll sort of take what I've learned and just have a, have yeah. a mess yes. around on the kit. So it's like you have that structure, but you're not, um, locked in it's not like yeah how yeah. we both started doing it. <laughs> yeah and that for me has like changed my practice i think so that is awesome that's great what's a good practice for you mate yeah i don't well this I, is so honestly, funny because i was gonna say this exactly the same thing i don't i don't honestly have the time no, exactly anymore to, yeah i don't to know how you would that much. Yeah. and it's like when i do have the time it's usually prepping stuff for your lessons yeah. yeah so i might have a concept like for example we're doing um quintuplet stuff in the next couple of weeks Fun. so i have to basically come up with a concept to teach that so yeah. a lot of it i'll go in to my studio and i'll basically i've got a whiteboard that i bought myself for christmas yeah. and i basically write the, the concept on the board i write down all my material and i practice that material mm. and then i practice teaching that material and speaking over the top of playing quintuplets because we're talking about that today, right? Playing the concept and playing it is fine. It's just like, do that. Mm. Then to teach it. Have you found it makes you a better player? Way better. Yeah. Yeah. Being, Being able to play something at multiple tempos then break this so that right let's do this right let's take let's take a groove let's take a concept let's say we're doing 16th note grooves yeah right the way I would kind of break that down and teach it is first of all, I'd explain what 16th notes are. Yeah. So you understand the concept. Then I'd maybe show an example of a 16th note groove. Then let's say we're doing ghost notes. I might show just the ghost notes on their own, then the kick drum pattern, and then put it all together in a groove. Mm. 
and then I do it at multiple tempos. Yeah. So when you're thinking about teaching something, and this is what I've learned over the years, just sort of getting in the classroom and doing it, is it's all right going, let's play 16th notes or 16th note groove, and you just do it and everyone's like, okay, yeah. What, how do I do that? You've literally got to break it down almost voice by voice, multiple tempos and speak That's over so the top hard. of playing it. So you've got to go totally. like, if you, let's say you're going, t -t 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 -t, you've got to go one E and a two E and a mm. three yeah. E and a four, playing all the voices and then break it down into each, each individual voice. It's really tricky, but it's made me <clears> such <throat> a better player because I feel, one, I understand the concept way better because I've actually broken it, uh, yeah. it down myself. You've got to know it inside out. Yeah. You've got to know it inside out. You've got to play it at multiple tempos and you've also got to play it at varied dynamics because when you're talking over the top, yeah, you've got yeah. to play it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's quite a good it's, you know, it's quite a good roast really. So yeah. my practice sessions are usually that, but then if I do get like, for example, we were saying at the moment, the gigs are a little bit more quiet because it's just the beginning of the year. Mm. At the weekends, if I have got a bit of spare time, I just go in and I usually play to tracks or I'll just put on a click track and just basically play some different concepts and a few rudiments, a few different grooves. And the thing I'm working on at the moment is open-handed playing. Oh, so I'm basically, nice. I've got two bongos, two different toned uh, bongos over my left side. And I'm basically kind of taking use of Dave as, as like an inspiration. Yeah. And I'm basically leading with my left hand. So I'm basically, rather than playing the backbeat and all the ghost steps with my left on the snare, I'm playing it with my right. I'm playing the ride pattern with my left over mm. the left-hand side of the kit. Right. And then two things, and then different things with my feet. So I'm playing a bass drum pattern and then stepping the hi-hat on either all the E's and the as or all the ands. I've so, got a question. Yes. Which is kind of to do with that. But as a teacher, how do you go about learning new things? Because Oof, you, as in Damn. like, because I, I have resources at ICMP. Yeah. I have Drumeo. I have YouTube and all that stuff. But like, you've, you've used that stuff already and now you're at this certain level. Like, how do you go about learning new do stuff? You know my biggest one? Mm. You. Oof, love it. What like students? Yeah, yeah totally. stealing stuff. You. This is the thing, right? You come into the lessons and you're like, "Teach me." Yeah. <laughs> you teach me. Yeah. So every lesson, like for example, when we were doing those uh, creating our the grooves right with the class, mm. some of your grooves were amazing. Yeah. Steal. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, nice. I got to the whiteboard and I yeah. take a picture of my phone. They're yeah. mine now. Yeah. I own your grooves. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, you're you're one of my biggest inspirations. Mm. Just like learning from the students, and then also like I do go onto YouTube a lot, and yeah. kind of you know, we've, YouTube is such an amazing. Oh, it, yeah. You can you can. There's a lot of shit out there. Excuse my language, but there is. But there's a lot of amazing content yeah. out there, and then I suppose just trying to push myself as much mm. as possible. Yeah. So I'll be like, I want to do this. So let's see how crazy we can go. And that's a bit, but mainly you guys. Mm. I'm not just saying that to be like, yeah, yeah. my students. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's, true. Yeah. it's the truth. It's yeah, totally yeah, yeah. true. How about you, Ben? Well, uh, even less time than that, to be totally honest with you. So I, I give myself 10 minutes a day, maybe, wow. if I'm lucky. And it's always at the same time. So got a very set routine we've got a dog so dog goes out for his last poos and peas i come back <laughs> partner's in the bathroom then i go in the bar we've got it's, we've got a thing going on like it's all there so i've got 10 minutes in between that wait what breed is the dog cavalier king charles oh <gasps> that's so cute mine's a cavapoo so oh kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
so sweet. Sorry, I had to ask otherwise. No, I'm no, just no, keep no. Thinking I it. think I saw it at the pub that time. Did you bring it? Uh, was that you? We saw a dog. Oh no, you no, saw someone that was else's her. dog. Yeah, oh, I was obsessed with that dog. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, was someone else's, cute. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I get about ten minutes, and what I do is I go and pick up my bass, and I just play what's in my head. But I've always got something on the go. So I've always got something on the go in my head. So last time I was looking at um, stuff for the podcast, so writing the intro, coming up with ideas for our intro and stuff mm. like that. So I'd have those ideas. Matt, I've got to say as well, sorry to interrupt you. So Ben, for the intro that obviously everyone's heard at the beginning of this podcast, Ben wrote that. Wow. And when all you, of it. And all of it. So, But I, I put the drum part to it, mm. but the, it, the idea came from Ben. And I remember you coming in, you're like, got an idea for the intro idea, sorry. You made it and I was like, I'm transcribing that, that is genius and then we sent it to Adam Goldsmith yeah uh, massive shout out to Adam Goldsmith and Nick, and Nick Veray as yeah. well both um amazing session players and also ICMP tutors but Ben yeah. wrote that and it's just it just came to me it was like I've got an idea and I was like well we're definitely going to use that just a little idea and, and, yeah. and to be completely honest I wrote that in 10 minutes wow. uh, one day wow. I sat down and I went what would work well over this and I think what I've learned a lot recently, like in my 30s, is that just to trust myself a lot more. Mm. So I'm like, let's just see. In my head, I'm hearing something, something, something. And then there's going to be a big fill. I think it'll go there. <laughs> and like, in my head, I'm thinking that. So I'm thinking, okay. And I found like a key. I thought, oh, A minor. Too much A minor. Let's just whack it up a semitone and go B flat minor. And then I sort of like played the first idea. I thought, oh, I kind of like that. And now I can't tell you what happened because I don't remember. All I remember is at the end of it going, that's the thing. Mm. And then that was on a Tuesday when then we saw each other on the Thursday and that was it. So like, it was really weird. So I've always got something on the go. So like at the moment, I've got something for one of our live things yeah. where I want to do something around the kind of Mike Clark, Paul Jackson thing from Headhunters where they've got two incredibly complex parts overlapping to each other and then each one is kind of dipping in and out of each other's part which is one of my favorite things about those two players like Han you know, herbie hancock and the headhunters those grooves oh my god even i mean i can list it without herbie's part i mean it, it's that good and obviously it's like his band so like i've been thinking of that so i know already i'm gonna go home tonight 10 minutes just before i go to bed and i've got the idea in my head i can see it i've charted it in surveillance in my mind i know what it's gonna look like and then i'm gonna sit down and finish that off and that will be the thing and that's what it's like because 10 minutes for me that is where my best work comes out yeah because i genuinely it's more productive doing than lots doing of other six things. hours yeah not exactly. and then gigs yeah. practicing on gigs yeah, yeah. just yeah. doing stuff because that's and this is this is not to sound arrogant at all but like we've we've been to university yeah, and we've yeah. studied we've done right. the, so we've, yeah, we've the done, groundwork you know, obviously we're, we're always yeah. you know uh, striving to be better and we're always like practicing in that sense but we've kind of done we've already done the groundwork yeah right, that's like why I was asking because yeah. I feel like right now it's like I know what what I have yeah. Yeah. but like it's harder when you're out of that yeah. situation so, so a lot of it now like Ben said a lot of it for me is is like prepping for gigs so I've got a couple of gigs in the summer that I need to prep for and that it's quite an involved show. So a lot of my practice at the moment is basically prepping that. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of, it's not, it's not necessarily like, I need to learn this new concept. It's like, I need to learn these songs yeah. and this whole yeah. show um, for those gigs. Yeah. Do You're you still what? developing though, doing that. Because you so learn, you learn stuff from. Totally. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds, just, this came to me just now. Like, 
you know what it feels like when you hear actors talking about preparing for roles? Mm. Yeah. They do the research, right? Yeah, you go into yeah, the thing, like, yeah. you know, like the method actors, obviously, like they go like years before and start, you know, like talking with the accent and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But I was thinking, so we're going to be filming season two in the summer for Behind the Beat. And we're picking some pretty tough rhythms. And we know one of them is going to be Slipknot. Yes. Right? Now, yeah. I know. That's going to be so I know that I can play that, out. but not yeah. right now. So yeah. I know it's I know it's within my my ability and I know yeah. I can do it, but not right now. So what I'm doing is I'm starting to research the role. I'm starting to look at other people playing the line. I'm starting to get my plectrum technique up to a different speed. And I'm not saying like it's ready to go yet, but I'm in that mindset. I'm like, mm. I'm researching the role. So like tonight, I'm also going to start figuring out how I'm going to play duality because I've now figured out what his tuning is, which is ridiculous. Their tuning is so, so weird. So I think it's B, it's a four string, right? So it's B, F sharp, B, what? something else. Because riff wise, it just makes sense. Like it's yeah. all about that that unison riff. So now I'm, I'm thinking about that. And like to me, learning and practicing actually can just happen here now. I don't need my instrument. I can practice in my head. And that's the focus. So like you said about we've done the journey. Yeah. I think the best thing about doing study of this level is you learn how to learn mm. and then you leave and then it's just what you do with it. You've learned how to learn. So what you do with that afterwards, that is the main thing you're paying for mm. is that skill. And it's like, if you leave uni or any sort of education establishment and you don't know how you learn at the end of it, you've missed a trick. Either you haven't got what you needed and therefore you, that's on you as well. But like you've missed the whole point of this because you get three years, do a master's or like four, but eventually you do have to leave. You do have to go out in the real world and yeah. actually do it. So it's like, I think that's so important, learning how to learn. Yeah. But Beth, you did that on Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, yeah, did, yeah. how, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, so I, I learned the song when I was on tour. I just sort of sat in the van and just tried to like transcribe it and then yeah. just like drum it on my knees and yeah sort of just bit by bit so in our wednesday class in lpw which stands for live performance workshop we each instrument discipline gets us a new song each week and this week we had behind hazel eyes by Kelly clarkson Kelly clarkson that's the yeah. one and beth had never played it before on a kit and you just learnt it in your head yeah. Well, I tour. wrote it out. I don't think I could learn it in my head, probably. Maybe I go. could. That's the next challenge. Well, I, I mean, I'd say that <laughs> you wrote it thing. out, but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever sit down and play it on the kit? No. And then you did it in your head? Yeah. The, okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. And did okay, you bring yeah. your chart up on stage? No. So it's in your head. Okay, yeah. Exactly. And you did, like, such a good job. Thank you. It was the best one of the day, I think. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, like... They all, to Thank be fair, so the drummers wrecked. Drummers, Everyone, oh, drummers yeah. wrecked hard this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were some really fills in there that people yeah. did. I was like, whoa. And also, sorry, the best moment, I think, of my teaching career so far, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my oh, so God. Big, if Kevin, if you're listening. <laughs> we love you, sweet, Kevin. Sweet, sweet Kevin. I love you, Kevin. Um, so so Kevin is uh, the only left-handed drummer yeah. in my drum group on the first year of the Beamers. And... There was this beautiful moment. So I, I phoned, um, I filmed all the drummers <laughs> this week and he was playing and he hit the floor, Tom, and his stick snapped. But it was the expression on his face <laughs> and also the stick just kind of like goes up in the air, like, <laughs> like in right like over slow his motion, yeah. like swivels and stuff and then just lands and he just stops. And it was just, and I've got it on video and I've, I'm going to make a video and zoom oh, in. I obviously yes. asked for his permission. He thought it was very funny. 
but it was just great, wasn't it? We watched yeah. it back in class, and there's just kind he of, sort of stands like, after, he just holds up his sticks. He's like, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so I can good. see it in my head again. Okay, so we we're sort of coming up to the end now, but there's a yeah. couple of questions that I think are really sort of key to this the conversations that we've we've been having on the podcast. So obviously, behind the beat comes from rhythm sections, right? We are doing this because we fell in love with each other. No, sorry, we fell in love <laughs> with the instrument. <laughs> that it. came, up, that came afterwards, though, um, <laughs> with our instruments individually, because obviously that's the same journey as you know you guys had, but. We fell in love with rhythm sections as well, like playing together as a bassist and a drummer. What does rhythm section playing and your experience, what does it mean to you and what's been like the standout moments for you? Tay, let's start with you. When it comes to playing with the rhythm section, I always focus on, um, honestly, I focus on the drums first, like being really locked in with the drums. Um, and what does that mean to you? Because we throw these terms around, like, oh, locked yeah. in, yeah. vibe, feel. It's like, But what does that mean to you? When you feel locked in, what does that feel like to you? I think when, like, the bassist and the drummer have, like, the groove, like, really going, like, really solid, I think that really helps with um, the rest of the rhythm section, at least in my opinion. I mean, one of the biggest inspirations for me, uh, Marley Drummond, um, he uh, was my tutor in uh, college and he also played drums for um, Bob Marley's Get Up Stand Up at times. And uh, he would tell me in my class, he'd be like, you need to be like really locked in with the drummer and that will help the rhythm section even get even better. So I would focus on uh, the drums and the keys in a way as well. If Mm -hmm. I have a keys player, um, if we're all like really like solid, I'm like full on just grooving so much and I'm just having the time of my life. And you know, guitar's good too. Uh, But no, (laughs) no, no. There's enough of them out there. No, I I think once I'm playing, once I feel, I think if I feel like the music is like really good and like if, if I'm feeling the music, then I know that it's going well in my opinion. Like if I'm, if I'm making like the ugliest bass faces, then I know (laughs) that I'm having like a jolly good time. (laughs) 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 Oh, well done. That's the quote from the intro. That's that's from the intro. Nice. Oh my God. That's amazing. amazing. That was not a plant, I promise. Oh, I feel so proud. (laughs) Nice. You did well. I, I, I think that's it. Like if, if, I'm, if I'm having a great time, that's that's when I know like the rhythm section is like really great um, because I I do this thing now where I let everyone know if I'm if it's like not going so great. Oh yeah. I before I would just be sitting in the back and just be like, no no it's fine. Like <laughs> I mean I think some work could be done, but it's okay. Now I'm just like, this isn't it. Like this yeah. needs to be. This Shall needs work. to happen. People like I would appreciate that though because that's yeah. something that probably everyone is thinking yeah. and they don't exactly. want to say. Yeah, so yeah, I think we had like a gig with my band and um, I gave them a really hard song to learn and I gave it to them because I knew they could do it. They are absolutely like fantastic people. I'll just do a little shout out to them. Yeah, go for it. Shout away. (laughs) Shout out to Leo, Carl, Thea and David. Like they are absolutely um, fantastic. And even shout out to Joy when she sometimes plays with us as well. Amazing singer. Yeah. And um, we had like this really hard song by Hiatus Coyote. And um, Which I think one? Um, Shaolin Monk Motherfunk. 
and what a title yeah it, i think it what changes groove like four times or five times and i think at one point i just put my hands on my head i'm just like oh my gosh what have i done but then eventually i'm just like you know what we're gonna break this down because i think everyone's thinking like this is such a hard song uh, but then at the end we're just like we're grooving so much we're having so much fun and it just became one of my favorite songs to play i think i think also having that good connection with the band yeah. as well um because like using my band again for example i love them all to bits like the drummer and keys player when they are like really like locked in together they are having the time of their lives and when we see the enjoyment from them just as a band as a whole it's like we become a family in a way like we're just having so much fun and it's it's so lovely yeah great answer love that beth what about you uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> what does it mean to you to be in a rhythm section? Like, what's mm. been like standout moments for you? Like, connecting with a bass player, what does that feel like for you? Um, okay, I'm gonna be a bit of a nerd right now. I knew Do you it. were gonna ask You're me about the rhythm section thing, and I, got I notes, wrote down a note just about this one sheets, thing because nice. I was like, otherwise, I'll just I go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, for me, it's probably sort of being the backbone of the band um, and like making people feel safe. Oh, yeah. Tick. Um, <laughs> but so I think, true. yeah, like kind of having your own language um, in that as well. I'm quit. This podcast will be taken by Tay and Beth from now on. <laughs> We've enjoyed it, but. Um, and I think also for me personally, it's um, when I really get in a groove, I have this like flowing feeling. Like it's like um, totally. like the flow state, which is kind of when you're really present and in the moment and you're loving where you are, but you're also um, sort of really optimistic about what is yet, like what's going to come. Yeah. Um, and just, it's just this feeling of like, I just feel very centered Yeah. and, and calm and, and I don't know, like for me, like drumming is, it's like adrenaline and energy, but it's also really calming. Um, so yeah. that is for wow. the rhythm section. <laughs> You're just sat there going, and what do I have to say now? <laughs> Please don't, I'll say what Beth said. That is, and again, like, I don't know about you, mate, but I just sit here going, everything's going to be fine. When, yeah. when, when we step away, even just like from the college, when we stop teaching here or whatever, like the the new wave of musicians are just, if this is the standard, like it's all going to be fine. <laughs> not a problem. Do you know what I also love? The look of acknowledgement from a bass player. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's so a good, big deal. It? Yeah. When there's that real connection, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. we got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this. On, um, on the tour, uh, shout out to George in Paris, but George, um, it was a joke, but it actually worked. He was like, right, before each show, you have to look at each other in the eyes for 15 seconds. Love it. You can't <laughs> do anything or say anything. And I, I kid you not, like it that. worked. Yeah. And we then we started talking in sync at one point and yeah. we were like, what the fuck? Like, it was <laughs> yeah. really weird. Because that's also, that's that's kind of like an icebreaker, isn't it? Because yeah, you really yeah, yeah. then, you're, you're, you know, there's there's nothing that, because it's, it's kind of embarrassing for a little You've bit. You've broken and then all the like, barriers. We're here, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're here. And that's kind of, that's a real, it's quite a funny thing to do as well. It yeah, it's of, funny. It, it relaxes you, right, yeah. before you go on stage. Yeah. I like that. Well, there was like, we were in a really weird green room and um, there was some like garage music going on in the background and awesome. we were there like sort of moving but like interlocking and it was just like it was the funniest thing <laughs> nice. but it, it actually does work do so you, it's like a connection do you remember a couple of was it last week or the week before when we did balls on parade for the for the rsw session well the, the hidden rsw session we did when we got everyone up to play were you there for that week it doesn't really in the, in the feedback week 
Maybe you weren't there. Oh, that's when I had a rehearsal for the tour. You had ah, the tour. Yeah. So, right. So yeah, we yeah, basically, yeah. we combine classes okay, for that week. you're excused. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> too big to Doesn't make me look very good. <laughs> <laughs> but like we did, um, so one of the episodes on Behind the Beat season one is uh, Balls on Parade by oh, Rage, right? Oh my God. One of my favourite bands. And just the intro. So just the intro hits. We did it with the guitarist, bassist and drummers. And it was so interesting to see about physical connection yeah. of time. So one of them, and I can't remember who it was, was struggling a little bit to find the pocket between all three of them. So you've got unison guitar unis- with unison bass and then the drums are unison with the hits. So we turned the lights off and it was in complete darkness and got them to play it. And it was at least 50% better than it was the first time. Wow. And then for some other groups, that didn't work for them. They needed to just look at each other mm. a bit. It was so interesting yeah. how... You can play the right dots, the right rhythms, the right whatever, but it just didn't sound feel good. It yeah. just didn't make any sense. Yeah. But by closing the, the or t- turning the lights off, so they didn't feel so self conscious because no one could see them, mm. they could listen to each other and lock in in a different way. And then for another group, they just stared at each other for a bit, much like you said, yeah. and it just went straight in. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's like with that's the whole. It's a rhythm section. You're not an individual. Like exactly. it's not like being a singer. Exactly. Because exactly. you might know your stuff, but if they don't, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you, you have to be interlinked Absolutely. and you have to like feed off each other's energy and like yeah. the sort of feel of the song. Otherwise you're just not going to get anywhere and it's not going to, it's not going to so. gel. So the last thing I'd like you to both say, short answers, three things that you love about your playing. Oh, I love this exercise. And three things that you think you can work on. Everything. <laughs> that's just not an option nice, nice, not everything nice that I like everything answers. I can work on yeah you can't say the thing I want to work on is everything, everything. oh shit <laughs> so it's like the genie you can't ask for more wishes <laughs> yeah. mate okay. three things you love three things to work on Tay I'm going to let you go first oh, sorry <laughs> I really, oh. what am I getting to think about this <laughs> you're doing that um, three things I like is um, my confidence that has improved um, I guess in I like that I'm enjoying the music a lot more and I like the fact that I give myself a challenge at times. Um, things that I could improve on. Um, I think just being able to say I am good because um, if people say that to me, I'll just be like, eh, and I don't mm-hmm. say anything else. Um, another thing I could improve on is just moving around a bit on stage a bit more. Um, I do that, but sometimes I just like, I'm just there like a lemon and I don't move. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then the third thing uh, could be, I think just, um, uh, oh goodness. Uh, the third thing that I could say I could improve on is just having a bit, even though I have confidence, just having a bit more confidence as well. Yeah. Um, just really like stepping on stage, being like, I know, I, I've done the prep, I've done the rehearsals. Now it's just showing I, I know what I'm doing kind of thing. Nice yeah. time. Love that. Nice. What about you, Beth? Um, I think the things that I like, one of them is that I bring in a lot of like my own influences into songs. Um, I don't know any others. Oh my God. Come on, Beth. Come on, Beth. <laughs> okay, um, I like when I sink into a groove. Nice. If that makes sense. Yeah, I that. Um, and I think, um, I don't know. Just, yeah, bringing in sort of more like 
hip hoppy elements into it or like rocky elements. Um, like in the band that I'm in, we're sort of more like atmospheric rock, but I'll still have my own little bit in it. Not to the point where it's like not appropriate. Mm-hmm. I'm nice. not just gonna go there nice and like start playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I would say I'd say those things. And the things you want to improve on? Um I would say the mental side definitely just feeling more mm-hmm. confident yeah. more um solid in in myself um i would say i do want to get some more chops Nothing i do like chop city yeah <laughs> like sorry i'm not going to go and learn them and then just just play chops but just sometimes it's nice you know yeah. um it's yeah, cool and i think also not relying on i think probably loads of people find this but you'll have certain fills or certain oh, yeah. things that are like muscle memory. Yep. So trying to retrain that. Yeah, if someone took pentatonic away from me, I don't think I'd play anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, if someone said, Ben, you can't play minor pentatonic ever again. I'd be like, probably, oh. no, probably no point in me picking up the bass then yeah. really. Is there? Oh, I've actually thought of the third thing that I like, oh, which good. is um, I like that I can leave space. Oh, nice. yeah. good. I yeah. I don't like, I don't out. feel the need to overplay. There's definitely one more important thing that we haven't asked and we did say we were going to ask it. I okay. think it's worth asking it. So what's your feelings going out women in the industry? Oh, sorry. Because that's sorry, that sorry, is sorry, yes. that is a really important question. And actually, we're going to do more of this in season two. We're actually going to delve into this a lot more in the yeah. podcast. But I think as actually, a taster yeah. of that, what's your feelings about this? I've, actually, there's, there's a couple of things that we need. Yeah, yeah, just, we're, yeah we're going to just cool. keep going. Um, I am quite conflicted about it because I think that it's so, so, so important. Um, I find it, I don't know if you find this Tay, I find it quite difficult. Um, a lot of the time I feel like I'm being chosen for something because I'm a girl. Yeah. And sometimes that is the case and that factors in and I can use that to my advantage, Mm -hmm. but it's also really, um, unvalidating and Mm -hmm. it makes me feel like it's not to do with my skill i've had people like people i've had one person say to me um oh it's a shame that like you can't do this gig for me because um they're gonna let more female bands in and like if i have a female drummer it will make me more likely to play and i was like right okay um mm -hmm. but i also find it really motivating because Mm -hmm. i'm like well i've got to prove that i'm just as good as the guys um but yeah i I really want there to be more like i want to that's another thing that I'd love to do actually is try and get more mm. more women in the industry because I think I think it wasn't really something like I was trying to work out why I didn't go to drum straight away and I think it's just because you're not offered it as a girl sometimes um you know I think I would have been like when I said I want to play an instrument compared to if a boy said it maybe the first like two or three instruments that were offered to me would not have been drums. Whereas for boys, maybe it was like the second. They were like, do you want to play guitar? No, okay, drums. Such a good- I th- to be honest, mate, I, th- I think we need to do a whole episode on this. We because do. Because it's like, we, I, I think I really this was, this was an odd plan. Yeah, anyway, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We have to. And I think we'll have you back on. And I also, um, we've got a couple of um, female friends that are yeah. in the industry. Yeah, that I think like actual pros in the industry at the moment that we want to get on. And maybe it might be quite nice to have them and you guys on so sort of you know the, yeah. the next generation and then they've got the people that are I doing it at the moment that. yeah I would it's, absolutely you're love so that. right i think this is a whole episode of this mm. stuff for sure what's your thoughts yeah, what about you, yeah. no i i totally agree because um even when i was in school there weren't any uh female bass players and mm. um nor any female drummers um only one female drummer and my music teacher 
she kept trying to steer the uh like all the girls that were on music GCSE she was like you can do singing or piano and that's it and I'm like I want to do bass like are you sure and I'm like yeah and in like my when I first started here in first year I was the only girl in my bass class so I was a little bit intimidated at first I was a bit worried because I thought what will they think of me but they're actually really really encouraging i just feel like you know which was really great i think though that if we have like a bit more representation um in the industry it would be fantastic even just like one of the podcasts um, podcasts one of the uh (laughs) sample packs i'm doing there's one with um many different musicians um different uh genders Mm. but uh the one I want to do after, I want to feature just uh, female musicians as well as transgender musicians as yeah. well. Because sure. I feel like we, and non-binary, because I feel like we yeah. need a lot more representation within yeah. the industry. Um, there's like a really cool jam night that happens called Peng Fem Jam. And they would have um, female, uh, transgender and non-binary musicians come up um, mainly to the stage and to play. And I feel like that's so beautiful to see. Hey, can, yeah. you, can you say where that is? Yeah, where so, is you know, it? Can you um, more detail? That sounds that. amazing. Yeah. So I know, I think from what I remember, they sometimes like get different venues. Um, but if you like follow them on Instagram, sometimes they, I don't know if it's still going, hopefully it is, but um, they would like announce when the next one would be. Okay. Uh, say, the, say the title again. Uh, Peng Fem Jam. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. We'll, get, we'll get it from you and I, we'll put it in the show notes. For I the hope I said that correctly. Oh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find it. We'll make but, sure um, it's in the show notes. But uh, yeah, they. I, I got to play in the house band once and I thought that was just absolutely amazing. And right. yeah, so they would like call up different uh, female musicians sometimes to like be in the house band and I thought that's just so cool I feel like we need more of that yeah, yeah. and it's so it's so good for your mental health as yeah well, especially mm. with drums there's literally studies that have proven with drums that it helps your mental health like that's why drum circles are a thing yeah so oh, just yeah it, I just feel yeah. like I like I wish it, it was like more accessible for for more people and more minorities the word you've just said there accessibility is the key yeah. thing. so like from my side of like leadership and and finding opportunities basically mm. like i think it's critical that we get more access yeah. but then we must support yeah. because mm. if you take what we were talking about like the tokenism stuff right so you say okay so let's say we expand all of these opportunities out and we get more people through and we don't support them and they are not as good as the other people who would have had those jobs the first thing that people are going to say is well it's because they're a woman or it's because they're trans or it's because of this we can't let them go in without the support and this is something that is like this is what I'm super interested in is like if you could wave a magic wand and make the world better for this what would that look like would it be like there's more gigs more opportunities okay yeah but how do you support those people through that because all the other, you know, majority are getting supported through. That's why they've got the gigs. That's why we have an imbalance of the industry. So if we are going to open the access, which we should do, we have to be really careful to support properly because otherwise not only does that person lose the gig, but they kick the ladder down yeah. and yeah. no one else can climb up behind them. And yeah. that is such a big problem. Yeah. So we'll definitely pick this up in the in the episode because I'm I'm fascinated to hear more you know I just want to learn I haven't really got opinions on this I just want to listen yeah Yeah, 100% yeah I could like properly go yeah no it is it will be we will we'll definitely invite you back and I think as well you know we've got um some trans students and stuff that we could get involved as you know we think the the conversation needs to be expanded basically yeah it does definitely um 
so to wrap up then we always do this for guests you get to ask a question each of you it can be absolutely anything you want who would like to go first okay i'm gonna uno reverse and do the question that you asked uno reverse! <laughs> I'm gonna, so you're on a you're both on a desert island and you can have one song one. yeah oh my god okay. one song nice <laughs> you going first am i going first you okay Okay. Okay. Something came up in my gut, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to follow go with it the through. I'm going to go with the first yeah. answer. The first answer is Frank Sinatra, Chicago. Wow. Because that song is being I don't know ten maybe. My grandma playing it all the time, like starting to hear music for the first time and ask questions about it like what are we listening to like and I thought if I had to listen to someone over and over again I could listen to Frank Sinatra for the rest of my life he just has something in that music I didn't think about that that's what came up so I'm going with that I'm going to go with that Oh, do you know what? Just because I'm listening to it at the moment and I love her more than anything I'm going to go um out of this world by Amber Mark. Oh, nice. it's just—it's a beautiful song, and I was—that's the one we listened to this morning. Yeah, it's it just, sounded amazing. It's so beautifully arranged, and she's just incredible. So at the moment, that one. Nice. God, that's a tough question. Is it? Is it? Okay, you, you nice question. You sowed the seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's your fault. You stitched my butt out there, mate. Take you your question. Um, if there was anything you could tell like your younger self like the oh, self no, I knew this the, the self that was at like ICMP um what would you tell them or like any advice or yeah just what would you tell them both John and Ben have got their hands behind their head <laughs> yeah. and they're looking very very stressed think do, you know <laughs> do you know what I, I I think and this is maybe quite a generic answer but everything's going to be okay yeah. Mm. yeah I think and and like your everything's going to be all right just put in the work enjoy yourself and things will find a way mm. I think because I, I did work really hard I was talking about this day I had to because I was one of the worst drummers in my Same. group I, I really had to put in the work in but I think the music industry has got a beautiful way of if you put that work in things will present themselves and like it's got a weird way of kind of just like things work out if you if you if you make those paths for yourself yeah things will happen. It's got a weird way of like totally. kind yeah, of true, slotting yeah. into place, but you have to put the work yeah. in the groundwork in there before. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. That sort of you thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, you basically make your own luck. It's quite generic, but it's, I think it's true. Oh yeah. I'm going to go with the first answer again. You made the right choice. Yeah. Cause mm. like if, you know, from the first episode when we spoke about our histories and stuff, like I was going to go to uh, Durham do politics no way yeah, yeah yeah that was like totally my dream like i was gonna go oh like God. i really wanted to get into parliament like i wanted to be an mp it's still not off the radar for like later later life yeah. like 50s and stuff but um i was obsessed with politics and sociology at school i loved it so i was like right and my school was like hard go to university yeah. a proper university that makes us look good and i was like okay so durham politics and then i basically rolled the dice one day and thought well what about music and yes yeah, so if i could go back wow. i'd just say yeah you made the right choice 
Amazing. Uh, great questions. Good yeah, questions. Yeah, no, that was oh, a really good question. And just nice. thank you so much. Like, what a, I'd like, just so grateful for the conversation. Seriously, both of you. Yeah, thank, so thank you so lovely. much for having us. Yeah, no, it's a I really pleasure. It. Absolutely. Guys, pleasure. so mature for your age. I know. It's real. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's, I think it's really important we acknowledge, like, and that's not been me being patronising. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you conduct yeah. yourselves and stuff is just beautiful. Like it's, you know, yeah. it's a real. real I just can't believe Tay's twenty-one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, what you've done as well. I was a prefect at school, so I feel. Me too. Really, I think that's why I was I, not. I was not no. <laughs> yeah, you, t- you were probably can, causing can I, us the problem. We go, <laughs> were probably I'll, chasing you down. I want to tell one interesting story, right? So my brother, I'd left school. And so my surname's John, uh, it's Harris, it's John Harris. And my brother is... <laughs> spoiler is, alert. Is, is spoiler alert. But my brother's uh, Phil Harris, right? And there was one of the head boys, basically. So my brother was in class and he was being a little shit. <laughs> the teacher was like, why can't you be more like your brother? And Phil went, what, John? And he went, oh. He said, no, I meant Ben Harris. <laughs> and he basically... Who was it? Ben was the head boy. Oh, and he kind of like, he heard oh my, my name and he was like... No, definitely not, not John definitely Harris. Definitely not you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that makes sense now. Oh, my God. And on that note, yes. we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, Thanks so much. Yeah, 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 no, thank you for having us. Thanks, oh, you're guys. so welcome. So, so welcome. Take care and please check out the show notes. You'll see uh, the Instagrams, all of the things we've spoken about and all those things. Please like and subscribe. Check out our YouTube channel. Take, uh, check out the Patreon page as well. And also, one final thing, Tay... I would like to dedicate today's episode to your dad. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. So, he'd be so proud of you. Oh, so thank unbelievably you. proud totally of you. Totally with it. Oh, thank you so much. You're going to make me cry now. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we cry on this podcast. That's fine. Oh, thank you. So, I can feel the water's coming. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. He'd be incredibly proud of what you've done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. What so was welcome. his name, Tony? Uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, Mark, Anthony, Harvey. Okay, Andrew, this one's for you. Thanks a lot. See thank you next you. one. Bye, guys. been listening to beats and best friends a behind the beat production it was recorded at icmp queens park the intro music features john harris on drums ben jones on bass adam goldsmith on guitar and nick Ferry on keyboards thanks for stopping by and we'll see you on the next session